You are listening to the Intangibles podcast. Welcome to the latest episode of the Intangibles podcast. Uh, today I have my friend Nick, Michael, and Stefan here with me, uh, and we're going to perform a book review. Now, we haven't done one of these in the past, and you might be wondering why are, why are four guys sitting around doing a book review? Um, well, most successful people, or many successful people, uh, read books to help them learn tools and develop skills to further them along in their career and, and achieve success. So it, it always helps to, uh, to tread where someone else has, has already gone and learn something that someone else has already learned versus uh, trying to figure it out yourself. Um, so today we're going to be reviewing the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, evidently the only book you need to lead you to success. Uh, it's written by Dale Carnegie. Um, it's broken up into four chunks, techniques in handling people, six ways to make people like you, win people to your way of thinking, and then finally be a leader, how to change people without giving offense or, res- ar- or arousing resentment. Um, so yeah, so I think we're going to start off our podcast today by talking about the aspects of the book that we really thought were applicable and, and we use in our, in our regular work. Um, so guys, this, what do you think? So just to give a little bit of background, um, I saw this book, uh, in my brother's bedroom on his bookshelf, uh, something lo- looked interesting. I asked him about it. He recommended I read the book. Um, so I ordered it off Amazon and... I'd have to say, uh, so at the point in my career that I actually read this is the first job that I had after leaving the audit firm. Um, it's one of the few books that I could say it actually changed the way I work with people. Um, and I was able to implement uh, kind of the toolkit that it provides you the next day. Like there was no uh, like it's that buffer applicable. period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could like walk in tomorrow and start implementing um kind of the, the skill set that it teaches you in the book as well. Uh, so I had a really positive experience. Yeah. So what was the skill that you, you started utilizing? Like, I mean, so it's not one particular skill. I think the book gives you, like, a, like I said, a really good toolkit of different skills that you could use. And it's not to say that you should be using these every, or all the skills every single time. I think you need to pick which of the skills apply to the current situation that you're in. Um, and that's where I see the biggest benefit coming out of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And we could get into more details about like what those are, I'm sure, uh, as we talk about it some yeah. more. I, I know yeah. when, when you and I were uh, talking, um, you were telling me about that ability to be modest, right? Like yep. that was one of the things that really came out uh, through the whole structure of this book. Um, yeah, I think it's there's kind of two approaches that I see a lot of people take at at work and or even in relationships. And I think one of them is they use what I call a bulldozer approach. Um, it's where they kind of go in and say, you know, my approach is right and or my idea is right. You're wrong. This is the way it's going to be go forward. And I just in my experience, I just don't see people being really receptive to that approach. I think the book has the vibe that the book has is a bit more of a modest approach i would uh, say it's like dripping out of this yeah. book, right <laughs> like it's just if you read through this book and i don't know nick mike if you felt the same way but when i read through this he was very much about his examples everything he talked about was very polite modest 
uh, being cordial. Um, I think cordial is like an old school word that he actually used in there. But yeah, like it's it it's it's exuding from this book, right? You can't help but get it, and and it makes sense, Stefan. Like if that's one of the first things that you pick up when you start interacting with people, I think you you really read through the or yeah. that probably really resonated with you out of this book. Yeah, and I think the reason that happened is because so again, I read the read the book first job outside of the audit firm and I find audit firms have these strict rules and guidelines and you you know you've just gone through four or five years of people telling you you know this is what the rule is and this is the way it should be and everything else is wrong and you always get feedback on like the correct way of doing things so I think it's a big transitional period moving into industry from an audit firm because when you move to industry you're going to find a lot of things that aren't you know not criminal, but I mean, not by the book and they're not perfect and they're not set up the right way. And so going back to the bulldozer effect, if you find something that's wrong and you start talking to people and taking that approach and saying, no, you're wrong. You know, I just did four or five years of accounting and this is the way it should be. Which, which isn't unusual because accounting is very rules based, right? Like, so you come out of the firm and you're like, the rule is A, B, C, D, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that would be the same for someone coming right out of school as well. If yep. they didn't start in an audit firm, yeah. they would still come right out of the textbook yep. uh, the theory situation. World. Yeah, the theory. And then would say, well, this doesn't agree with the theory. I literally just learned out of the newest textbook. Yeah. So I think that applies as well. In yeah, situation. And it, yeah. And I think, you know, and, and you could do this several different ways. But, you know, one of the ways I do is I let people tell me their story. So if you find something that's wrong um, and let's say you just started at a company, I kind of sit down with them and say, hey, this is what I've seen. I don't think it's right. But to be honest, I just started here. I don't know anything about the company. I don't know anything about our processes. So just talk to me, like, tell me the story of how we got here. Like, is there a reason we do it this way or if I, you know, if I give you this, what my recommendation is, what problems do you see in that? Or is it possible to change it? And I think that is what I would consider like a very modest approach um, to dealing with someone yeah. in that situation. I, I just, yeah, I've, I've seen that work very, very well. And I mean, the, the other option, if, if we kind of put it on that spectrum is you come in and you you act like you know everything, right? Yeah. So, and if you if if we kind of think about how people react, if you act like you know everything, people are going to be like, "Well, that guy's a jerk." Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you don't know everything, <laughs> right? A jerk and, who wants and to incompetent. Be friends with that jerk, right? Yeah, who wants to be the jerk and incompetent, right? <laughs> but if you come in and you're modest, then chances are people are going to see like, "Okay, this person is wants to work with me, right? They're, yep. they're, they're accepting, they want to learn. So yep. if you put yourself on that spectrum and those are your two options, you'll probably side more with, you should probably be modest. I know for me personally, um, the, and now I think, so I read this book because Stefan recommended it to me. <laughs> I think Nick, <Same>. yeah, <laughs> Nick read it on vacation. In, in two days, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> and Justin, you just told me and to I read just, it. So yeah, I said, okay. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Mike, you're, you're the odd man out. You have to read it now. <laughs> but uh, for me, after reading it, I I was I'm not trying to brag, but I always find that I didn't have that any any big gaps with with working with people. This this helped reaffirm and add uh, one or two skills that that I had. But for me, what I always did before, and then this reading through this book, it made so much sense that it worked. Was that that idea of letting people save face. Um, and it comes kind of off of what you're saying with modesty, right? Yeah. There's this tendency when people screw something up 
that you immediately go and you say like, oh, look, this is wrong. This is the implication. Why would you do this? You kind of, you grind people, right? Um, and I've, I've seen it happen at an extreme degree, right? Where I've seen people go to tears because of, of being berated. Is this um, at the audit firm? <laughs> I, no, it's not just at the audit <laughs> okay. firm, right? I've seen it at the audit firm though. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I've, I've seen it in multiple circumstances, even within industry. And I never took that approach. I was always like, if someone makes a mistake, um, it's especially if, if they report to me, um, but even if they don't report to me, um, I can always find a way, I, especially if I'm involved, I could have stopped that, right? So it's this concept of, you know, if I point a finger at somebody, there's like three fingers pointing back at me, right? So instead of going to the point and saying like, okay, you did all this wrong, I give the person, I'm like, listen, there's a lot of stuff that went wrong and you just happened to be someone who was involved and got like, you, you, maybe you had the most impact and could have resolved it. But let's not focus on that. Let's focus on how we can solve the problem and how we can close the gap in the future, right? And that, instead of focusing on the person and more of the issue, it kind of allows people to save face, I find. It's not, it's not a personal attack. And I, and I really, that, that concept that he drove in there resonated with me so much, um, only because I've seen the result. Like, you don't, people aren't engaged if you insult them and you berate them yeah. and they make mistakes. And, and I think to add to that, uh, or what I've kind of read between the lines in the book a bit, is that... You always have to ask if you see something that's incorrect or somebody that's doing something wrong, you always have to ask yourself not why they're doing it wrong, but what are you doing that's making them do something wrong? So an example could be somebody makes a mistake and because you've been leading with fear, let's say, uh, they try to hide mistakes going forward, right? Darth they don't want to bring <laughs> they don't want to bring anything forward or bring anything to your attention because they're just you know, if, if you always berate them or yell at them or, or get pissed off about every single mistake, then no one's going to want to be open with you and, and share information with For you. Sure. So I think instead of getting mad at the person to say, why would you hide this? You have to turn it around and say, what am I doing that's making people act that way? Yeah. Um, and what do I need to change so that my team is more open and honest with me yeah. and they're not continually hiding things from yeah. me? So I think it's always turning things around to say, not looking for other people's mistakes and asking why are they making these mistakes, but turning around and saying, what could you do day to day to change people's behavior, essentially? Yeah, um, yeah that's what I took a lot of, out of that. Not Any sure other thoughts, guys, agree. on like what was what was good about this book, what we'd like to take away if we... Yeah, for sure. Um, so this kind of plays into what you kind of just talked about. So one of the points that I liked uh, in the book was showing respect for somebody else's opinion and kind of never say that they're wrong. So oftentimes, you know, if you're presented with a situation or a problem and you give your opinion uh, in terms of how to solve it and what the point forward should be, um, you know, if, if you put that out there and it gets shut down hard by a manager or a superior or somebody else, you know, you're going to feel bad. It's demotivating. Whereas if someone says, okay, you know, that opinion, like, sorry. so if somebody were to come to you instead and say, hey, you know, I really like that thought. I see where you're going with it. Have you considered this? Is there a better way we can approach it or a different way to approach it to kind of take these factors into consideration? 
And rather than just saying, hey, your opinion's wrong, we have to do it this way, you're getting more development out of it. And ultimately, you're going to be more willing in the future to people you know, are propose solutions. Yeah, and people are more receptive, right? Yeah, you're, you're more you're receptive. You're more invested in what's going on. It's just not like, okay, well, if my opinion's always wrong, I'm just going to sit back and just do what I'm told and not come up with anything else. And I think we've all, we've, we've been in those meetings, right, where you sit down. And someone says like, oh, so uh, does anyone have any feedback on this? It's like dead silent. Yep. And then when everyone leaves, there's like all, all these people are sitting around. They're like, man, that's never going to work because baby CD. <laughs> right. And no, but no one wants to to bring it up because they just they, they, they don't feel that person shows them respect. I know I've seen that in all of the jobs I've worked in with various people. Okay. They're just people that people don't respect. So they don't. They don't say like, well, I can help this person um, by reducing the chance of failure or error by contributing. Well, I don't respect them, so why should I do that, right? Well, you're really trying to guide their their train of thought, right? So not everybody's going to come up with the most elegant uh, solution to a problem. And yeah, it's probably not right. But if you just hammer them at the front, then you're not going to get any more from them or, or, or not allow them to flesh it out. Whereas if you start guiding their train of thought uh, or, or even maybe you don't even understand what they're saying and, and maybe that's the gap. But if you start guiding them with those types of questions you were mentioning, Nick, then you get them either to see some flaws and, and come up with a modified solution, which maybe is better, or help you understand what they're trying to get to, which then, again, you get a good solution and you can move forward as opposed to locking that door right away and then that person shuts down. And if they shut down, that great idea they might have or, or are able to work to another one, you, you've lost and you may never get it back uh, yeah. because you've shut that person down. Yeah. And I think, and I think Nick's point kind of ties into the idea of always focusing on your end goal. So if you have a problem, lay out the different uh, approaches that you could take. So you could take approach number one, two, or three. And then with each of those approaches, what's the result and does it contribute to your end goal or does it hinder your ability to reach that end goal? Um, so if you have to have a difficult conversation with someone, if you're going to berate them and yell at them, is that actually going to contribute to the end goal? Like, do you really think that that person's going to be accepting of that and say, Hey, yeah, now I'm going to change my behavior and correct everything if you yell at them. And if you don't think that's going to be the case, it's not worth doing it. Um, if you sit down with them and, and be calm and modest and and trying to help them towards reaching that end goal and you think that approach is going to work better then as much as you do want to yell at them why like it's not it's, it's Stephen, not are you wandering around <laughs> wanting to yell at people I mean, like, it's it's true though it's not going to get you to your end goal so yeah. you're just going to frustrate yourself more and the person's not going to learn anything so it's always considering that end goal with almost every action you take throughout the day yeah. so instead of 15 seconds of satisfaction you're, <laughs> yeah. you're going to set yourself up for a yeah. lot a lot more satisfaction later yeah yeah. Yep. I mean, you're always part of a broader team, right? It's not just you. It's not just someone from another department. You're all working for the same company or maybe you are on the same team where, you know, you're both working towards an end goal. Um, you know, if you can make a process more efficient or reduce errors or, you know, save the company a couple bucks, maybe, you know, at the end of the day, that helps everybody. So if you're helping your colleague out by, you know, not, not calling them out and saying they're wrong in a meeting where you're on a team, instead trying to work with them out loud in a group setting, and, and trying to get them to flesh that idea, you're going to make a friend with that colleague, maybe not necessarily the, the superior, but you're, you're, you're focusing on your relationships with, with your, your exactly. peers. 
Yeah. And then you're also developing people as well. So think about it. You're, you're one person. If you can develop other people on your team, on your broader team, um, where they don't have to come to you with, you know, solutions that don't work or come to you with problems, you're going to actually get them thinking in a way that's going to enable them to solve those problems on their own in the future, which ultimately helps you directly. So that relates back to a point that, that really matters to me and, and I've used early in my career, and that is being genuinely interested in other people. And this really relates back to a point that Ray made in our second episode about networking and how important that is. And if you really get to know people early on uh, and really care about what they're telling you about themselves, about the job, they're going to start to like you. And that's just naturally how, how, how humans and people are, is they do want to talk about themselves and they want people to be interested in that. Um, but you need to want to know that about people. If you're doing it superficially or come off fake, that that's not going to work. Yeah. So it, honestly, that, that kind of leads in, I know you're bringing it up now, Mike, but if, if we kind of look at what we, we didn't like about this book or what are the the disadvantages I would say maybe is, is a better way of putting it with this book. I a hundred percent wholeheartedly agree with you. Like if you take this book and that specific aspect, uh, I think is a great example. If you say I'm going to show genuine interest in, in someone, the key word in there is genuine, right? Like you said, yep. right? You can't be uh, with a fake smile on your face and come in and be like, yeah, so Mike, uh, how is your day today? Like, <laughs> So yeah, so I mean, you don't want to come across as disingenuous. And I know when we were talking about this stuff, and like like you said, the key is applying this more as a situational tool, right? Yeah. It's, it's not to say, um, I'm going to execute A, B, C, and D, right? Like, yeah, do not use this as a checklist and, for and, every conversation. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's right? Like, work. Uh, you you pick and you say like okay there's a person who I'm having difficulty working yeah. with in this situation yeah so looking at this book let me use this tool right yeah which tool is the best or most appropriate in that situation so right. somebody makes a mistake maybe choose the one do not criticize or let people save face um, so you have to kind of pick and choose which one is most appropriate for yeah. the situation yeah and I mean. For me, I don't know if you guys read this and going back to the general theme was like it had that modest vibe to it, right? I know when I read through it, I felt though he was kind of pushing it as a as a checklist. At the very beginning, yeah. I know he's like, make notes <laughs> and you know, try to read it over and over again. And I'm like, well, and I've I've heard this too about this book that people have sometimes come across as disingenuous when they try to do this stuff. Um it's 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 a good book for soft skills. But, and I, Mike, you said it, Stefan, you said it. And I know Nick, even through our conversation, like it's not like do a, and you will get result B, right? Like I'm going to smile. If you don't smile a lot, like making a fake one, isn't going to help your cause. Right. Yeah. So, so I think if you had to, if you had to choose a way, uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. If you have to choose a way to implement it, I think maybe just choose one of them. So if you, after reading the book and you find you're, you're very you criticize people quite often, then maybe choose that one item and forget the Do rest of the book. Do you criticize people? <laughs> In my head. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> 
But uh, so if that's the one that you do often, maybe just choose that one skill and like forget the rest of the book at the time and just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to try, you know, day to day. I'm going to recognize when I criticize people and yeah. I'm gonna try to kind of implement that that skill set from the book. Practice it point by point. Yeah, kinda. and practice it for a couple of weeks, see what results you get. Yeah. Um, and if it works, if you get, you know, positive feedback or positive results from it, then pick another item from the book and, you know, letting people save face, let's say. Uh, that's the next one you want to work on. So, and then every task that you're doing throughout the day, um, you know, trying to think, just keep keep that top of mind. Yeah. Was there anything else people didn't like about this book? Well, for me, I think this this book is. It it depends on where in your career you're reading this. I think there's a lot of valid points early in your career that you should pay attention to and and kind of follow the practice Stefan mentioned. Um, but later in your career. I think some of these are a little bit more challenging in practice as opposed to the theory. The theory is wonderful, but the way individuals respond are not going to be all the same and they may not you know, be effective uh, to what you're saying. Yeah. So, and the point I, I bring to this is it, it talks about, you know, to not give offense and, you know, always, always praise people and, and with honest appreciation and, and praise every improvement. But, you know, there's, there's risks there. If you overpraise, your praise to them is going to lose value. Um, if you don't really talk about some of the mistakes people are making in a particular way, they may not learn. Now, there is value in in not harping on it, like we've said, and even sharing your own experiences to, to make that connection. But if you're not seeing improvements or they're not, they're not learning from it, you, you really need to, to change. You can't just stick to this and, and only this. I think it's good to try and start with, but you also need to be cognizant of the fact that these may not work in practice yeah. and you have to adjust and, and maybe dial up the directness. So if you kind of look at it, and I think it's, it's a very valid point, Mike, like each one of these tools that he outlines is one, I guess we're saying, don't just try to blanket use all of them don't use this as a straight tool, but at the same time, even within each, recognizing that this is a soft skill book, there is nuance, right? You can't simply read this and be like, this will apply to every person. Um, you have to understand in that specific situation how to even apply that one tool, right? Um, I 100% I, I, I agree like with the praise point. Each person is different in how they'll accept praise just as, as, as a concept, right? So I know some people which are like, they want, you know, a very public display of saying like, you did a good job. They want to, they want people to know that they did it. There are some people that they don't want uh, that kind of praise. They want like, you know, in a performance meeting, if someone comes in or, or during a day to day in private, they come in and say like, you did a good job. Thank you for your work. Um, they're very, they're, they're happy with that. They feel uncomfortable with the opposite where it's a public show of praise so even like that one concept like show praise for everything well maybe even if you took that and said yeah so that's true it's like don't you have to understand how you're going to do that with a person well i think it's a bit of a spectrum depending on what they've done yeah you know there's sim simple things like saying thank you that is a recognition point i think that yes definitely do that often because i've been in situations where i felt like i've done something good and i didn't even get a thank you and you're going, well, <laughs> it doesn't take much to say two words to me, whether you mean it or not. I, I, I want to hear it. Yeah. 
but then making a, a big celebration about it. Well, if you do that on every small thing, I'm going to go, oh, this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, this, it loses meaning for me personally. And then I'm going to care less about it and go, well, it's just an uh, action. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think there's, there's, there's a spectrum there. Yeah. Okay. Any, any other thoughts? How did you guys thought, think about the, the writing style of the book overall? Overall, I enjoyed the book. I found, um, from a readability perspective, I like the fact that they included a lot of examples and situations. Um, my only, I guess, criticism there is a lot of them. I, I didn't necessarily feel like they were very <laughs> applicable to me. Or, um, I mean, given the time when the book was written as well, um, you know, the situations may was not it, be so much applicable. In, it was in 19, world either. I think it was 39. Yeah. Yeah. 1939. So yeah, I I know like Nick, you and I were talking about this. He, he started talking about like mailing a resume, right? Yeah. Like, so no, we don't mail resumes. We don't. Who uses mail? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I I got that vibe too. I don't know, Stefan, Mike, did you feel that too? Like the examples are are like old, and I felt that detracted from my interest a little bit. In that, you know, I I like the content. But I was like, eh, maybe someone needs to update this, right? Like, um, yeah, I just when I re like when I went through those scenarios that weren't applicable today in my head, I was just like, it was obvious, and in my head, I just thought of what was applicable yeah. to today. Yeah. So like mailing something in the mail, I kind of assumed he meant emailing, or, or he would have meant yeah, emailing yeah. now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 it's not a huge fault to the book. I mean, it was written when it was written, and it's still like we said it's it's actually a testament to the book that written in 1939 and we're still reading it and finding value in it but just from a perspective of like if someone is to read this book just be aware that you're going to read some very old examples and to kind of you'll have to bear through that piece maybe it's not like you're not going to be like, oh, that's something that happened to me yesterday. Well, probably not. Right? Well, I think this a little bit could be a little bit challenging too to a reader if you're trying to interpret or understand some of these concepts beyond just its title point. Yeah. Um, if the if the example they're trying to give you can't understand, that that could be a real blocking point to 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 make that improvement. Yeah. So that that might be a little bit of criticism. I, I agree with you, Nick. Um, for me as well. I think it's a little bit long and, and I'm the kind of person that likes to really get to the point and understand, okay, here is the, the improvement or the suggestion we're, we're, we're offering. Here are some obviously relevant examples and, and, uh, clear examples and let's move on to the next. Um, I, I felt, I felt there was a little too many examples sometimes and I went, I'm losing interest on this. Uh, I want to move on to the next and you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing a critical point of what he's trying to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, it's fair. Uh, and everyone has their style of book they like to read. So, um, this just because of the content and the nature, I don't think it'll resonate with everyone as well. Right. So just a, a fair point. Um, I, I would so just to close this off, I would recommend though anyone who's new and entering business that yeah they definitely read this book, get some, get some tips on some soft skills, thoughts. Stefan, I know you recommended it, Absolutely. so like <laughs> recommended <laughs> it to everyone at this table. <laughs> Nick, I know you read it during your vacation, which uh, yeah. that's you know on, on the beach with uh, some alcohol. So <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I can remember most of it. But, uh, I would definitely recommend it. I mean, it's not, not going to take you a very long time to read. There's a lot of value in there. Um, even if you take, you know, uh, you know, a handful of the points and, and try to implement those at a time, you're, you'll get a lot out of it. And I think 
you know, when you think about your leaders, your managers and things like that over your course of your career or, you know, teachers, anything, even parents, um, which ones do you generally respond the best to? Who, who, you know, what type of person gets the most out of you? Chances are it's somebody who follows most of these points in this book. Whereas if you kind of get the bulldozer type person who comes in, you're not going to want to work for them. You're not going to be the best for them. You're not going to enjoy being around them. So if the goal is to, you know, how people enjoy being around you, having people do work hard for you or work hard with you um, and kind of have a great relationship with people, I would say this is definitely um, a must read. Mike? Despite some of my hangups and, and some of the dated examples, uh, I would agree that, that someone starting their career should, should definitely read this. Um, there are a lot of valuable points in it. And even as you become a leader, as you progress in your career, there still are valuable points. You just need to really have uh, a, a set way you want to read the book like we've outlined. I think that is, is where you can maximize the value of reading this book as opposed to following the instructions in the book and, and making notes and, and having a checklist. I think maybe that doesn't work so well anymore. Maybe back in the 30s and, and earlier times it worked, but in these days... I think being able to really capture the, the pieces and, and interpret them for the right context is what's going to be beneficial to somebody. Yeah. For sure. And I just, I just want to add to, um, you know, just simply reading the book isn't going to make you an expert in, in a day. Um, you really have to put the effort, I find, in keeping these points top of mind as best you can, whether it's a post-it note on your monitor with a couple of these written down or whatever it takes. But if you don't actively keep this in mind, these points in mind, you're not going to end up implementing them. And in order for them to become second nature, you do have to kind of force yourself to keep this uh, top of mind uh, when you're going through your day to day. Okay, cool. So I think that's everything from us this week. Uh, tune in next week and uh, we'll have some more content for you guys. 